You're listening to the Self-Made is a Myth, Make a Difference Together show with your host, Coach Tim Campsall, where we talk with successful business owners to hear the stories of their journeys in building their successful businesses. And more importantly, we recognize the folks who help them excel because we know that achieving business success is not something we can do on our own. Hello, everyone. This is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from Indiana with us today. My guest has the unique ability to simplify things and compel people to take action. In his downtime, he loves spending time at their family farm, and he is most proud of two things, professionally uh, building a, an, an organization that is the largest Sandler franchise in the world, and on the professional side, it's all about his kids. We'll learn a little <laughs> bit more about that here in a minute. It's my pleasure to welcome Aaron to the show today. Hello, Aaron. Hello, Tim. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Well, hey, let's jump in, uh, learn a little bit about uh, you personally. If you could introduce yourself, tell us about your uh, your personal story, like where you live and uh, were born and about your family. Yeah, uh, Aaron Prickle. Uh, I was born and raised in the great city of Batesville, Indiana. Um, uh, leaving uh, Batesville, went to college uh, at Ball State in Muncie. Uh, once wrapped up that great adventure, moved here to Indianapolis. Let's do some aging here. 20, uh, <laughs> four, 23 years ago uh, and have been a Southsider of Indianapolis uh, since uh, the year 2000. Fantastic. And tell us about your family. Uh, yes, my wife and I have been married. Uh-oh, this is being recorded. 19 years. Uh, 19 years. Uh, we have a, a son who's a junior uh, in high school, a daughter who's an eighth grader, and an awesome daughter who's a sixth grader. And that is our Prickle family brood. Wonderful. Tell us about your farm. That's intriguing. Uh, I, we can use farm in loose terms, too. Uh, <laughs> farm? It's a hobby farm. It's uh, <laughs> we have some property in uh, southern Indiana. Uh, allows us to hunt. Uh, gets our kids off of iPads, uh, off of electronics. Um, we just recently built a cabin down there. Um, so yeah, we can ride around on four wheelers, play in the river, enjoy the woods. Uh, a nice little getaway. Came in very handy, especially during COVID years. Wonderful. And do you raise any animals or or uh, uh, garden or anything like that? No, not yet. Uh, what, what, that's that's chapter two of of life down the road. Where okay. Into something, but for now, it's uh, just a a big chunk of property where we can play and have fun and uh, get away from the everyday hustle. And oh, hustle. I love it. That's fantastic. So, are there uh, four wheeler trails and all that fun stuff? Oh man, trails. We got a shooting range. All the good Indiana stuff, Tim. You know, stuff that helps uh, uh, get away. But yeah, it's uh, kids like being outside. Yeah. Um, we love hosting people down there. Allow others to. Uh, enjoy some nature and get out some fresh air versus being inside all the time. That's fantastic. So Aaron, um, I'm sure there is many, but is there one funny story that your family likes to tell about you that you'd be willing to share with us today? Well, I don't know if there's one, Tim. My my kids, uh, as you know, in today's day and age, they love taking videos of, <laughs> of mom or dad doing something silly that they put it on TikTok or the gram. Uh, just the other night I was, my, my daughter got a, a new makeup mirror and I was, uh, doing the, um, mirror, mirror on the wall and trying to be <laughs> silly. And I realized she was uh, videotaping me. So we, we like to have fun, Tim. I mean, they're going to be gone someday. 
Uh, so you gotta appreciate every second of it, but we, we like to have some fun. <laughs> so you're 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 famous doing your mirror mirror on the wall. I don't know. I don't know if famous is the right word, Tim, but uh, <laughs> there, there's some um, loud sing-alongs at our house. There's some <laughs> dance parties. Uh, we, we, we like to have fun. <laughs> Do you ever uh, veto any of those things being uh, put out into the social world? <laughs> I, I got enough faith in them that they can uh, <laughs> they can filter out what's okay and what's not. That's awesome. Aaron, tell us, uh, how did the business come about? And at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business? You know, th this business was actually started in 1997 um, by Paul Lucian. Uh, Lucian be Paul Lucian being the original founder. Uh, I joined in uh, 2007 and have since uh, helped take over with some partners. And uh, really, you know, Paul built a great foundation, uh, started going, and, and as um, his goals uh, and aspirations shifted over uh, the years, um it was really about hey we've got some good people we know we do great work for clients let's keep building uh um some structure behind things and make it repeatable and let's see where we can get this to end up uh by the time it's all said and done so it helps to have some great people with some great process and some great structure as you know very well so how did you know that uh that uh being an owner versus just an employee was the right thing for you. How'd you have, how'd you have that confidence? I don't know if anybody really knows. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know if anybody really, I often don't think it's a choice. It's just kind of, it just happens. Um, now don't get me wrong. There are plenty of great entrepreneurs out there that proactively make the choice. Um, we have a culture wall tile in our office. Uh, and I can't remember where the quote comes from, but it says, you know, uh, um, uh, leaders don't make the mission. The mission makes the leader. Mm. Um, and I think the mission uh, presented itself, which created the leader. So the leaders don't make the mission. The mission creates the leader. That's fantastic. I love that quote. So tell us a little bit more about the company. Um, what's the name? Well, you mentioned that already, but repeat that again for folks listening. What do you do? How do you help people? Yeah, absolutely. So company name is Lucian Inc. Um, Lucian.com is the address website from uh, bottom line, Tim. We help companies and individuals sell more. So uh, our sole focus is strictly on the sales leadership and sales side from a coaching training development perspective. Typically the clients we work with are doing pretty good already, uh, but they're looking for that competitive edge or um, they're not getting in front of enough new people like they have in the past, or they're getting in front of folks, but they feel like that sales cycle is taking too long or they're winning business, but ultimately they have to sharpen their pencils to win jobs and it's driving down their bottom lines. And um we've grown um every year for the last 11 now um our goal is to continue that path um uh, we want to be the lighthouse for folks and look companies are going to make it with or without us um let's be real tim you're, you're in the same boat right we're in a very similar boat uh you and i both do very similar things where they're going to get up the mountain with or without us we just help take some weight off their shoulder to take some pressure off it and less effort and energy so they can make it up that mountain quicker yeah Fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. It's it's more about the the speed of which they get there. If right, if they they don't have to figure everything out on their own, and they've got a second set of eyes, and and you know somebody critiquing what they're doing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's no different than than coaching in the sports world, right? Of all professional athletes have at least one coach, if not more, because you make a ten percent improvement in five different areas, right? You're your sport becomes, you significantly excel in your sport, no different in business, right? It's, it's interesting that um, as you, as we, you know, talk that out loud, that 
you know, it's a whole lot easier to make a five or 10% improvement in 10 different areas than a hundred percent improvement in one area. That's a great point. So, um, as you, as you think about, um, the impact that, uh, that you've had on others, what's one of your, you know, your, your proudest success stories or a client success story that, you know, that makes you most proud. It really boils down to a couple of things and, and, and selfishly, it's not even so much of, I don't want to say this. It's not even so much from a revenue perspective or a, a growth perspective. Tim, when, when we can hear things like, um, you know what, Hey, our relationship, uh, with my kids is even stronger mm -hmm. now because I understand them. Uh, or, you know, I got a son-in-law that we've been button heads. And now that I have a better understanding of people, uh, I mean, let's be real. The, the, a lot of our conversations we have with clients, they already occur on a daily basis in our personal lives. And I really believe if leaders led the way they parented, 80% of the pr business problems would go away. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those success stories, yes, you can attach them to revenue and revenue means they can hire more folks and make a bigger impact. But when you have people who are just legitimate, happier in their life or for entrepreneurs, they actually can take a vacation once in a while. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, they, they get some of their personal freedom back or financial freedom back or relationship freedom back. Uh, those are the success stories that win because we're a mission over commission company. It's held true. Has it bit us in the butt over the years? Sure, it has. Uh, has it worked more in our favor than not? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of those selfish wins professionally, Tim, come from hearing people say how it changed their life personally. And it sounds corny, uh, but it's real. Yeah. I, I love what you said about, uh, you know, taking vacations. I can remember my the first client who told me, hey, Tim, I was able to take a vacation for the first time in 12 years. <laughs> That's way more meaningful than any numbers, isn't it? <laughs> way more meaningful. So for everyone listening, hey, check out uh, Lucian in the link in the description uh, along with this podcast. Go to uh, Aaron's LinkedIn. Let him know that uh, you watched his video. Awesome. Hey, Aaron, share a story where someone pushed you or inspired you that you could do it, even though maybe you didn't know or think that you could and the impact that that person had on you. Yeah, it, that, that's probably the easiest answer. Uh, it's the guy with the same last name that's on this building. Paul Lucian has been a, a phenomenal mentor. Mm. Absolute phenomenal. Um I wouldn't be where I'm at today uh, if it wasn't that I've been around this for 21 years total now. Um, and as a mid 20s year old seller uh, who thought he was pretty good, uh, <laughs> Paul put me in my place really quick and challenged me, um, not only professionally, but like what you said to him personally. Mm -hmm. um, and he does a phenomenal job of treating you like a rubber band and knowing that if you stretch too much, it'll snap. <laughs> uh, but he does a great job of stretching to the point where it, it's not quite, uh, quite snapping. And over the last, as I look at that count, 21-ish years between being a client or working here, uh, that man has stretched me more than any other individual has ever stretched. I love your elastic band uh, analogy. Isn't that, it's interesting when you find a, a great coach, how they are able to ebb and flow with with our own personality and 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 where we're at and and just they seem to know how much we can handle and take at any given day well tim but have you ever had your we've all had a rubber band stretch to the point where it snapped mm -hmm. oh, 
Yep. Um, so it's it's how do you find that person that that knows just that fine line of stretching where it's uncomfortable, but by no means does it cause you to break. Yeah, I've I've I tell everyone that um, you know the the general principle. I think um, <clears throat> there was a, a TED talk where uh, Bill Gates said everybody needs a coach. You know whether you're you know a business uh, professional or a sports professional, everyone needs a coach, and then. The more important part of that is, but not every coach is meant for every person, right? There, you have to have that right personality fit to to find the one who's going to understand you as an individual and and be able to to give you the type of um, elasticity, if I use your your yeah. elastic band, right, to be able to ebb and flow with what your what the personality is and what your given uh, need is that day. Absolutely. Hey, what's your biggest learning as a business owner? It takes people. Mm. Tell us, um, expand on that. I, lo I love where you're going. For a lot of business owners out there right now, it can be very lonely. Um, there, there's nothing, there's no surprise in, in this conversation that, that people are key, not only the right people, but it's the, you know, there's a line that somebody said, and it's a very famous line. I don't even remember where it originally came from, Tim. Uh, there's not much new these days, but it's the, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. Mm. Um, and, and I think that biggest epiphany has come from how to leverage the unique abilities from other people um, so that all the weight isn't on our shoulders. Um, because let's be real, we can't do it all. And we're not experts in everything. That's why there's a lot of great people out there. And once I think we figured out the how to leverage unique abilities and plug the holes in the bucket, um, that's when we started to experience exponential growth. Your your comment of it being lonely at the top is uh, it's so true. When we're employees, it's we always have a manager that we can go to and lament with and right and bounce ideas off of and and. <laughs> Worst case scenario, make them make the call for us so that we don't, we don't have to take the risk. You know, it's as an owner, we lose all that, right? So if, if we don't have a, you know, a, a, a mentor or a, a network or a coach or a leadership team, right? We don't have that that group of people that we can uh, bounce ideas off of and and think out loud and have, as you mentioned earlier, have ourselves challenged and 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 our thinking critiqued a little bit to, to help refine us and make us better and um I, I i like where you're where you were just explaining it too about you know we have, we have to be able to delegate and and get things off of our plate because we're not the expert at everything and and nor should we be because right? there's a well, lot but Tim, take your delegation piece there look at uh, look at parents and this is a correlation to what you and i were just talking about earlier Parents do a great job of delegating chores mm. and, you know, putting away dishes or mowing the lawn. But a lot of those same people who are in leadership positions, for some reason, don't delegate. And then if you ask them, why do you do that at home? They're like, well, I don't have time to do all that. And plus, <laughs> plus, plus, I want to develop my children so they become responsible adults. And I go, well, wait a second. Wait a second. So Tim, to your exact comment, Tim said, why are we not helping raise responsible adults? You don't raise children, you raise adults. Why are we not doing the same thing from a leadership perspective? Amen to that. Wow. <laughs> but I'll be the first to delegate some, some mowing or whatever. I have no problem if those lines aren't perfectly straight. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. And and also I can I I see it in myself as well that at home it is more logical. 
right? But even for, you know, I do this for a living, you do this, I get, I find myself, you know, getting caught in not letting go of stuff I should be letting go of and giving it to my team. I'll do. Hey, we as, soon as, as soon as you find out the answer why we all do that, Tim, yeah. even we all know better, then we'll, we'll, we'll be in great shape. This will be the right? most watched podcast ever. Well, it's I'm sure you have this happen as well. I, I can be uh, coaching my clients on a similar topic all week. And then my coach points it out to me and says, well, hey, Tim, why are you also doing it? I'm like, oh, darn. But humans. <laughs> Hey, we, we know were that, perfect. Uh, we were perfect. We wouldn't be in this conversation, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> the the best thing is the for all, everybody listening is just acknowledging, right? That that we're not perfect and we could be better. And if we had somebody else, uh, you know, come alongside of us and point those things out, it will help us get there faster. To Aaron's earlier point. Well, Tim, now you bring up a a, a point. Um, we spend on average between 21 to 24 days a year in our own development, mm. paying outsiders. 21 to 24 days. Um, we also have a culture tile of we must, uh, people come to us to sharpen their sword, therefore we must always be sharpening ours. Yes, yes. And, and to that point, Tim, um, you even mentioned professionals have coaches and this isn't about coaching and this is really about the end of the day is just how do you have the people in your life that you get energy from and the people in your life that help you be the best version of you, whoever that is, it doesn't matter. Yep. That's all it boils down to. Yeah. Well, it, it, again, yeah. I like where you just went in terms of taking it out of the coaching conversation. Like why did we go to school right, to be better versions of ourselves and prepare ourselves for the future and to be able to, you know, excel at something, right. If we're, if we took lessons of any kind, music or sports or right, why did we do that to be better and accelerate the the ramp up? Right? Yeah. Um, I, I, in, and to your earlier point, it doesn't even have to be a coach, right? It can be a book, right? Or a seminar or <laughs> a video, right? Just neighbor. It doesn't matter. Anything. Yeah, how are we investing in becoming better versions of ourselves? Hey, we know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So tell us about um one of your biggest challenges over the years and and maybe a fellow business owner who helped you to get through it well there's going to be a people trend um, <laughs> you know one of the biggest challenges is a lot of entrepreneurial companies um can relate with is this bandwidth challenge and then it becomes this as you start to grow, you need to hire. Hire means you can delegate, which frees up time, but then you have to onboard and spend the time with the folks. Uh, and those first 90 days of employee life cycle, the most important 90 days. So that challenge becomes, to your point, how do you grow the team and then start to grow future leaders? So you got to spend time with them to get them developed and you're caught in this quandrum of, but it pulls away from the business in the beginning. And, you know, if you take some of the, there, there's two big mentors outside of the folks in this office, but um, from a, from that side, there's a gentleman named Dave Curlin who created a objective measure uh, management group. And, and Dave Curlin really stretched us from that sales and leadership side and that people side uh, to really understand that. And then there's from a financial aspect, uh, a lot of lessons learned. I'm not a financial person. Mm. I'm not a financial guru. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not. <laughs> uh, there's a gentleman named Dan Lacey. Uh, Dan Lacey was a godsend for us for so many years to help our financial health. Mm. He understood. 
because uh, we always had the mantra, just sell our way out of it, sure. um, which worked. Don't get me wrong. But when you can match the sales side with a healthy financial side, yes, yes. Uh, those two are a great marriage. <laughs> um, so if you take those two particular folks uh, in the guidance and insight and mentorship they provided on things that we just didn't know that we didn't know, huge impact. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I like your your <laughs> what you said. You know, we can sell our way out of it, which is awesome, right? You've got the skills to be able to do it. It's it's what you guys you know do for a living. But the the work smarter, not harder idea of hey, if we you know fix the financial side and tighten, you know, improve our margins, and now we don't have to sell our way out of it. We're just financially healthier. It's like oh wow, wow, <laughs> makes hey, a what difference. You, what what's your biggest learning as a business owner? I really do. I, I think it's going to tie into those two buckets. One, my, one of the biggest things I've learned throughout the years is nothing surprises me anymore. Mm. <laughs> Tell us more about that. Tim, I literally have learned <laughs> to not be surprised by anything anymore. <laughs> like, and, I, and I share it with the great folks in this office in our company. It's like, it just takes a while when you've been through a lot of things and a lot of weird instances have occurred and let's be real it's life and people are unpredictable yes. um but when i think when i finally let go of whatever the norm could or should be and just appreciate the fact that sometimes you're just going to be surprised so don't be surprised by being surprised yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, eh, it's not surprising that happened <laughs> it's not surprising that on the one day we absolutely needed all the technology in our very large room that it all took a big poop that day not surprising <laughs> Otherwise, you just drive yourself batty, Tim, and you yeah. put so much pressure on yourself yeah. on items you can't control. You, you mentioned that it's life, which and, and it's people. I, I was at a uh, a planning session yesterday for for my plan, for my quarterly plan, and and they had three little lines on the on the board. One was what we think our plan should be, and it was a linear line, right? And then what we assume it probably would be, which was just a, a wavy line. And then the third was, what's the reality? And it was this, right, of <laughs> just complete unpredictability. But to your point, it was like, yeah, but embrace that because the journey, right, we, we don't know where people and things are going to take us, but embrace it because there's probably a reason that all of those squiggles happen because there's something that we have to learn or grow through or experience to to actually be able to deliver our plan. Well, and... and you take that squiggle line. Um, yes, we have learned the hard way, or especially early on, uh, predictability is about consistency uh, and being very process oriented. Um, but I don't care how predictable and how process oriented you could be to your point, Tim, there's still gonna be surprises. Yeah, yeah. I doubt anyone listening today sat around in March of 2020 and went, all right, I think I know what's gonna happen. In a <laughs> right. Like, just like, not surprising. Let's figure this one out now. Let's go. Yeah, it's always yeah. something. You mentioned that there was two things. What was the other one? Well, and and you know that's that's from the the people side of things and people's actions and pieces not being surprising. And, and really, that other thing stemmed from that whole financial aspect. And, and I don't I don't believe in my heart of hearts, Tim. Uh, um, you know, depending upon that entrepreneurial or, or mid sized business, depending upon the size of it, um, I think from that financial health perspective, we've we have learned to really protect our bottom lines and and protect just 
from a financial aspect. And I think a lot of people just kind of live by their checkbook for a lack of better words. Mm. And it's hard to grow a business because then if you grow too fast, it's just as bad as growing too slow. And then cash flow takes a hit and you got to keep an eye on those metrics so that you're healthy enough to achieve your goals ultimately and match people with financials. Those are two big things people got to really figure out. It's great that uh, that you've had the opportunity to go through that and and you know to be able to. Who, who says Tim? Who what? says that was great? <laughs> at, at this uh, a planning event I was at yesterday, it was with fellow you know action coaches and and one of the the top coaches uh, you know in the world said similar to what you just shared. He's like, yeah, we're we've been awesome from a top line standpoint, we just haven't been making any money. And, and in the last couple of years, we fixed that. <laughs> right. So well, yeah. to your point, 10 years down the road, we can all smile and laugh. And at the time, as you said there at the time, it's grueling. Um, but all those great lessons, yeah. uh, the amount <laughs> of pain you feel is in direct proportion to the lesson. That's learned, maybe. I, I lament to my coach about all of my painful lessons. And he's like, yeah, but Tim, it makes you a better coach. And I'm like, I'd be just as happy being a theoretical understander of all that. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. That's why you're good. Aaron, if I asked you to pick three people in your business owner journey that if uh, you're most grateful for the way that they've helped you with your business's growth, who are those three people and how they help you? Well, I'll use one name that was mentioned earlier, a gentleman named Dave Curlin out of Boston. Um, Dave Curlin has been an absolute mentor to us since day one, uh, a phenomenal human being. Good Lord, is he a professional? Uh, huge from that aspect. Uh, number two, uh, there's a group uh, that we're a part of um, that I'm going to attach everybody in that group. You know, it, it, call it a, it, it's folks that, you know, they're in the same business as we are. We meet three times a year different locations, uh, commiserate together, yeah. best practice together. You know, everybody's scattered all across the, the U.S. Um, um, but man, that, that group over the last 10, 12 years has been phenomenal in terms of, again, I use the word commiserate, but at the same time, it's how do we all lift as we climb and how do we take best practices and how do we always recognize that we're human from that perspective? Yes. Yeah, that commiserate, uh, it's important because um, there's something magical that happens when you realize you're not alone, right? When when you say, oh, you have that problem and challenge too? Oh, and you're successful and you've worked through, oh, wow. So I'm not a failure or, you know, or, or you know, in a horrible place. I'm just the same as the rest of you. Oh. <laughs> it's real. We're all people at the end of the day. None of us are perfect. Yeah. Absolutely Who's your third person? You know, uh, I'm not even in the doghouse. Uh, I want to preempt this comment. I'm not even in the doghouse. But, <laughs> anyway. um, but it, it, I really do believe my wife. And and I'll one of the things we do here at Lucian, uh, we do a culture dinner before hire. Mm. And culture dinner means we invite the, the next potential team member and their spouse, if they have one, to dinner mm. before we give an offer. Because uh, our belief is that person's spouse he or she needs to understand what they're getting into and they need to be a huge cheerleader for them and and know yeah. um because if you don't have that number one fan at home it's not good yeah um and there's a reason why we take that culture dinner very seriously and there have been people 
uh, where we have said no to after that culture dinner before final offer. There are people who have said no to us after that culture dinner, and it's mm. great. Yeah, because if that duo right of husband wife is not on board to their professional journey and their commitment that's going to be required for them to succeed, it's not going to work. Yeah, um, and we've especially early on, as every entrepreneur knows, it was uh, it was interesting early on and tight. <laughs> My wife uh, has afforded me the luxuries to handle things professionally and do some other things, and it's a the amount of support and the ability for me to not have to worry about things has been huge. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I remember my first couple of years of, well, what did I get myself into? And maybe I made a big mistake and, you know, and lots of, uh, lots of times of tears and, and, and fear. And, and my wife was a rock and you know, I wouldn't be here today without her. I know that for sure. Nah. We just got to make sure they don't hear this. Otherwise, yeah, right. yeah good thing it's not recorded or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, there are so many people, Tim, and, and anybody listening to this can attest to it. There, there are so many touches from people throughout the years that you may not have, you know, remembered them or uh, that little bit of impact at that point in time and that little bit of impact over time. And all of it just magnifies itself. But I, I don't think there's a person in this world that gets where they are by themselves. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Hey, as you think about the next three to five years, Aaron, what's the biggest challenge you see that uh, you're going to face to get to your goals and who are the types of people you'll need to help solve those? Um, so we have a, well, we have several coaches, but one of them, she is a godsend and she is absolutely awesome. One of our biggest challenges that we brought to the table, I brought to the table is, is we can't build a company based on unicorns. Mm yeah um you know we're 19 people now uh you can build a company on unicorns when it's four or five or six or eight there's only so many unicorns out there so it becomes how do you how do you find those those good or great people and make them you know help them be the best version of themselves to become a unicorn and, and really that challenge is as we continue to grow how do we keep culture mm-hmm. i mean the number one challenge is how do we keep culture how do we understand and know that not everyone's going to be a unicorn? Uh, we're no longer this nice little boutique piece. We're in a tweener stage. Yeah. Um, and everybody here is here for a reason. Um, we got to be really careful protecting culture, yet at the same time, knowing culture always changes and shifts. And that's going to be our biggest challenge. Having gone through, uh, worked for some big family-owned companies in my past, having gone through those experience seeing the culture in some cases remain very, very strong. And in some cases weaken as the, the company grew and I can appreciate what you're saying. So, so how, what, what's, who are the types of people that you'll need to, to help you maintain that, to, to, to continue to, to keep the culture front and center? Well, I could pull up the uh, sheet and show you the five-year hiring plan. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe more generic than that. <laughs> well, it's no different than any other business. It's the mix of from a sales side and the support side. And we've got trigger set that says, hey, for every X amount of revenue in, we yep. have to start to hire another support and operational person so we can leverage unique talents so that our sales professionals aren't bogged down with administrative pieces. Um, and then as that continues to grow, then 
uh, our controller will most likely be in a position where he'll need to hire underneath him to handle more of the bookkeeping and day to day. It's the classic next function, next level up. What's the next critical function? What does that role entail? And we got the levers and triggers set. So we know once it starts to get to this point, start the process. So it gets filled in by that point. And it's just a little, this grows up, that slides over. That grows up, that slides over. And yeah, plans are, it's like your example earlier. Here's what the plan should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's what it most likely will be. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and for, for everyone listening, that what what Aaron just talked through, it's critical that you all do a similar type of exercise of what does your future org chart look like. Now, it doesn't mean that's what it's going to look like, you know, based on this is a real, you know, it's probably the reality. But you know, if you don't have a plan, then you don't have those triggering moments that Aaron just spoke to, right? Of when this, then, right? And and then you you kind of just scramble your way through your growth as opposed to being intentional. So thank you for sharing that, Aaron. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, we'll revisit in five years, Tim, and see how all that all worked out. So, so, <laughs> right. far we, so far, we've been doing pretty good. <laughs> hey, last question here. Jim Rohn, awesome business guru. One of his quotes is, we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So as you think about that quote, what advice do you have for, for business owners who are trying to do it on their own? I love it. I, I love the rule. If you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with others. And there's a difference between a lifestyle business or a lifestyle and a business. If you want a lifestyle, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the beautiful part about commerce and the world we live in. You can set it up whatever way you want. The other rule I love to live my life by is your business is operating exactly how you have it designed. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Your life is operating exactly how you have it designed. And there's a lot of people that don't like that. But when you sit back and ponder and process it, it is. It's exactly how you have it designed. So if you don't like how it's operating, change the design. Yeah. Life is a mirror, right? So, yeah. Um, so. You mentioned the lifestyle. It's 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 true, right? Like folks who want just to have, right, the freedom of commanding their own time. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a significant risk because if something was to happen to them, Right? And they can't go to work for three or six months. They no longer have an income and their livelihood is ruined, but it's their choice, right? We all can decide what we want to do, right? My dad was a mechanic. He got hurt on the job, had to have surgery and ended up not being able to go back to his trade. So, you know, the fact that he was the doer, right, was a huge risk because he was no longer able to do. Mm -hmm. But you're right. It's everybody has the the choice to decide what they want. And, and uh, I, I, to me, Jim Rohn's quote is about, okay, well, once you decide what you want, then who are you surrounding yourself with, right? Whether it's a book or a, a group or friends or, 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 right? Who are you bringing into your, your committee of five to help support and encourage each of us to become the, the next version of ourselves? Yeah, because what's the uh, correlation of that one? There's a, um, I don't want to be the smartest person in that group either. Yes, yes. It, what, I, yeah, I think the next, the the build on to that is if I am the smartest person in the group, in the room, I'm in the wrong room. Yep. <laughs> yep. Aaron, sounds like you've been blessed with some incredible people who have uh, helped you along the way. If they were all here on the show today, what would you want to say to them? 
I, I don't think words will attest and, and those that made the biggest impact uh there have been my wife knows i'm not necessarily a touchy-feely emotional person i just like to get things done and achieve things but i don't think words can answer mm -hmm. tim that question uh the action should be their greatest compliment um a person's values are defined by their behavior and my behaviors have demonstrated what I value of what they have shared with me. Um, so I, I'll let my actions, I've let my actions do the talking of taking their advice and implementing it. Awesome. I love it. Fantastic. And I love how you just, you know, you sort of just brought in the whole, the disc idea, right. Of different personalities will right react to things differently. And, and that's important too, to have Right within our 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 family culture, right of ex appreciating each other's differences, and you mentioned how how much your your wife has meant to you along the way. So, um, Aaron, I appreciate uh, having you on the show today. It was an absolute pleasure talking with you. Tim, thank you so much for having me today. We wish you the best of luck as well. All right, take care. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for listening to the Self Made Is a Myth Show with your host, Coach Tim Campsall. Please help spread this movement by liking and subscribing to our show and following us on Facebook and LinkedIn or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. To join our movement, go to BeMadTogether.com. Okay, folks, that's a wrap. Please pay it forward and be sure to tune in next time to the Self Made is a Myth podcast.